You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Well, good morning, Cypher Christian Church. It is good to be with you today. It is good to see you, and I have been anticipating this all week long. We are um, going to come together here this morning to take a breath and a pause from all the things that are swirling around and refocus our attention. And I am really and truly uh, grateful and excited that we have our friend L.A., who's going to be here with us today. As you know, L.A., yeah. They don't clap for me like that, L.A. He is the, the worship pastor at Faith Bridge, and, uh, and things were sort of... Um, planned so that he was still able to be here today. I, I called him this week and I said, hey, if, you, if you, you need to be with your people today, he said, no, that's taken care of. I want to be with you guys today. So I'm really grateful that he's here with us today and he's going to lead us in worship. Would you stand? And well, hey, so grateful that y'all are here today. Can we just celebrate Jesus together in this house uh, for his, his goodness uh, and his mercy um, and I, I love being here with you all today, and um, y'all have an amazing uh, team here, and so just grateful for the time that we get to worship together. I want to start off by reading uh, just a piece of Psalm 91. Many of you may know it, and I encourage you, if you don't, uh, go and read God's Word this week, as many of us may have some extra spare time, you know? <laughs> Stuff is shutting down, and you know, Chick-fil-A is staying open, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, just, just read this. But I want to read the first couple verses, and it says this at the, at the top, my refuge, my fortress. And verse one says this, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And I know so so many of us may turn on the televisions at some point uh, in the week, and uh, there's just so many things coming at us, so much information, so much uh, surrounding uh, every, you know, the, the virus, of course, um, that is going around. And, and the truth of the matter is, God's word is still true. His name is greater than corona. His name is greater than sickness. His name is greater than any of it. Amen. And so... Uh, we believe that there is wisdom in washing your hands and keeping your distance and all that. Um, but also we believe that no weapon formed against us shall ever prosper because his word is good. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Cypher Christian Church. We're glad you're here. If you're a visitor, we're especially glad you're here. There are connection cards in the back of the pew and we would love it if you'd take a few minutes and fill that out and drop it in the offering basket as it goes by, or you can take it to the foyer where there's a counter and they have a gift for you. Um, it's been a crazy week to say the least. Our bulletin's full of scheduled events, but just know that they're all pending and um, depending on the current situation and how things change, we'll communicate uh, regularly through um, email, e-news, our app. What else do we have? Any other way we communicate with you, we will communicate with you uh, to let you know changes that come up. We're making a few changes to the service today in regards to the situation. When we do communion, generally you come up and you get a piece of bread and you dip it in the cup. Today we're going to have individually wrapped wafers and juice. So you'll just take one of those and take it back to your seat. 
So we'll continue that process until further notice. Um, another thing that we're gonna change today is our meet and greet. Um, we're gonna meet and greet in a way that's supporting of social distancing as we've come to know this new term. So what we're going to do and what that means is no handshaking and no hugging. And I can tell you for me, that is very hard. I'm a hugger. Saw Coleman Ferrier this morning. It was so hard not to hug him because he's been gone for a while. So if I come up to you or someone that's a hugger and we go to do that naturally because we've been doing it for thousands of years, just remind us we're social distancing right now. Uh, and I want to show you what that looks like. We've seen a lot of videos this week on how to wash our hands, right? We all know how to do that, but it helps to know how to do that properly. So I'm going to share with you how we um, meet and greet social distance style, okay? So there you go. You can wave, right? We can air high five, elbows. I've seen the feet, do your, you know, tap the feet, which for me is awkward because if I look down, I might, you know, it's balancing thing. So that might be kind of hard for some of us. Um, what else do I have? Wrote a few things down here. Um, tip your hat, you can nod, um, saluting. You know, there's all kinds of things we can do. Um, hey. Hello. You know, so if you put them all together, you can kind of see how it could kind of look like a dance, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I want to leave that with you, how you choose to greet one another. But, you know, simply just saying hello. It's something that we're not accustomed to doing. We're, we're touchy. We're, you know, it's what we do. But anyway, let's stand and practice one of those today. As we just sort of continue in this posture of, of worship here, I want to lead us in, in a prayer here just for a few moments. Um, a prayer that I, I discovered this week. I have, I have a book of, of uh, liturgies, a book of, of prayers to pray. And sometimes it can feel really, you know, kind of sterile and lifeless. But sometimes these kinds of prayers give words where we have no words, you know? And so I just want to lead us in this prayer. As it struck me, I hope it strikes you and gives you comfort and refocuses your attention here this morning. And so if you would, just bow your heads and, and if you would, pray this prayer with me. Lord, in a world so wired and interconnected, our anxious hearts are pummeled by an endless barrage of troubling news. We're daily aware of more grief, O oh Lord, than we can rightly consider, of more suffering and scandal than we can respond to, of more hostility, hatred, horror, and injustice that we can engage with compassion. But you, O oh Jesus, are not disquieted by such news of cruelty and terror and war. You are neither anxious nor overwhelmed. You carried the full weight of the suffering of a broken world when you hung upon the cross and you still carry it. And when the cacophony of universal distress unsettles us, remind us, Lord, that we are but small and finite creatures never designed to carry the vast abstractions of great burdens. For our arms are too short and our strength is too small. Justice and mercy healing and redemption are your great labors. And yes, it is your good pleasure to accomplish such works through your people, but you have never asked any of us to undertake more than your grace will enable us to fulfill. So guard us then from shutting down our empathy or walling off our hearts 
because of the glut of unactionable misery that floods our awareness. You have many children in many places around this globe. Move each of our hearts to compassionately respond to those needs that intersect our actual lives, that in all places your body might be actively addressing the pain and brokenness of this world. Each of us liberated and empowered by your spirit to fulfill the small part of your redemptive work assigned to us. Give us discernment in the face of troubling news reports. Give us discernment to know when to pray, when to speak out, when to act, and when to simply shut off our screens and our devices and to sit quietly in your presence. Casting the burdens of this world upon the strong shoulders of the one who alone is able to bear them up. Amen. 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 Hello. Hey, good morning. So, uh, offering's going to be different uh, this week. Uh, there will be people at the uh, back with uh, baskets, and so we'll just drop our offerings in on the way out. I want to give you a heads up on that. Also, uh, to remind you that, uh, and, and I'm a recent transferee of our last few months uh, to the uh, online giving thing, that really makes life easy. Um, and it also helps sustain the church uh, even if we're not meeting. Uh, I just wanted to bring those two things up. Um, I'm also not going to talk about giving uh, this morning, uh, but about gifts. Um, something I saw in a movie last weekend. I, hopefully we'll see movies again sometime soon. Uh, yeah, th- I'm not going to talk about the coronavirus either. Um, it gave me, <laughs> made me do a lot of thinking about the nature of gifts. Um, have you seen Jumanji 2? Anybody? Good movie, huh? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, I wanted it bad. We, were, we, we almost missed it, I think. In any case, um, and by, no spoiler, spoiler alert, no spoilers uh, coming. Um, but I, I can tell you Danny DeVito is a new member of the Jumanji cast. And if you saw the first movie, you can imagine Danny's a pretty good addition to that group. Um, he plays Eddie, the grandfather of the, uh, the insecure young man, Spencer, from the original uh, cast in the original movie. In the context of the movie, Eddie's probably about 75 years old. He's recovering from hip surgery. He has a laundry list of ailments. Uh, He's estranged from people he was once close to. He's cranky, withdrawing from life, and unhappy. One of his defining characteristics is a trademark statement that he makes to literally everyone he meets. He says, let me tell you something. Eddie's a little short finger. Getting old is terrible. He uses a different word, but you get the message. Um, Don't let anybody tell you any different. Every time he said that during the course of the movie, it uh, rang a bell for me because it's pretty much the way I've been feeling about that topic for a while. Um, You know, I don't know if any of these things, you know, sound familiar to you, but time's running out on what I want to do. Uh, The body can't do what it used to could do, etc. In the movie, DeVito has a big adventure and then a very cathartic experience And when he gets back home, he seems happier. He's finding fun in life again. Back home, sitting on the couch, playing a video game with Spencer, he says, let me tell you something. Getting old, Eddie interrupts, or Spencer interrupts, and says, I know, getting old is terrible. And he says, getting old is a gift. I forget that sometimes, but it is. What more could a guy possibly want? Eddie didn't credit God with the gift, but we know that's where it came from. 
Um, that simple, obvious statement just really slapped me in the face. Of course, it's undeniable getting old is a gift. It's how we choose to view and use it that's a whole other thing. Like, like Eddie, I really wonder how I could have forgotten. If you join me in prayer. Dear Father God, thank you for all the gifts you give us. Some come wrapped in a, in a challenge. Maybe this virus is, is an example of that. Each has lessons, love, and more abundant life baked into them. Please open our eyes to the gift in every challenge so that we might take from them all the goodness and wisdom you mean for us to have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you pray with us? So Jesus, we thank you for the goodness that we're singing about. God, the goodness that we can know because of the sacrifice that your son Jesus made on that cross. And so God, in a, in a world full of uh, maybe worry, anxiety, fear, maybe, um, the uncertainty, Lord, I just pray that louder than any of those circumstances, Lord, that we will know and trust that your goodness is louder than it all. And God, let us respond in obedience to who you call us to be in this world, Lord, as we are here to be the light. And so God, as we are here to worship you, for, for you to speak to us, and Lord, also as we walk out these doors a little later, God, I pray that we can be that hope and point people to your goodness because that's all that matters at the end of the day. So we love you. And God, we say, come kingdom of God, be done will of God in our hearts. Forgive us of anything that we've done or thought or said or um, maybe felt that's just out of your will, out of your perfect way, because you are good to each of us. So we worship you today and speak to us today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. All across this room we say, amen. Like I said, it's so good. I, I don't know that you guys know this, but, but you, when, when we gather together like this, you're preaching to me. Like hearing your voices, you're, you're preaching and proclaiming the gospel to me. And it's so encouraging to hear your voice and, and to be with you here today. I'm so thankful that you guys made the effort to, to come out. And um, we, you know, this week has been pretty crazy as Donna was saying earlier. There have been a lot of, of changes happening in our, in our lives individually. And we were in the midst of this sermon series called Counter Culture. And uh, we were preparing for it. And then uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, it sort of just fell in my heart and the heart of a couple others that the message that we had planned for this Sunday didn't really, it seemed a little out of place given the things that are going on in our, in our lives. And so we decided to make a shift and, and, and our focus is gonna be on a different passage of scripture today, but I think that you'll find that it still fits within the series, Counterculture. And you'll see here in, in just a, a few minutes why that is, is true. And so I, I wanna bring to you today, as we look at, at a piece of scripture, I wanna look at today, maybe a, we've been seeing sort of the, the government's response to the coronavirus, to COVID-19. We've been, we've been seeing the news media's response. We've had our own sort of individual responses in our own family units and the things that we've been doing to sort of respond to what's going on. But I, 
I felt like one of the things that was most important for us to do today is to, to discuss a Christ follower's response to the coronavirus, a Christian response to the coronavirus. And so I wanna to pose to you two responses here today that hopefully will help us navigate these uncertain days ahead. And so I want you to turn to, if you've got a copy of scripture or on your device or whatever it is, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven. And I'm gonna be reading the, um, the New American Standard Bible translation. And I've got that up on the screen if you wanna look at that. This is a scripture that has been on my heart for about a year or so. I've really been thinking about this, this scripture. I don't, I'm not great at memorizing scripture. I will tell you guys. But I've discovered that the reason I'm not great at it is because I don't really try at it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't really, I just sort of assumed that, you know, this is something that other people were better at. But this has been a scripture that has found its way into my heart and a scripture that I find that I, I, I recite on a regular basis and that has given me comfort on a regular basis. And so that's one of the reasons why I want to bring it to you today. This is Philippians chapter four, verse six through seven. And Paul says this, he says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I gotta say, the first part of that verse is easy. The first part of that verse I got down, be anxious. <laughs> I don't even have to try for that. I, it just comes to me naturally. I don't know if any of you, if we got any worriers out there who are wringing your hands, do we? Maybe a couple of you, right? There's a lot of things to be worried about on any given day. I, I mean, this makes me nervous. Like standing up in front of you makes me nervous. I worry about being prepared. I worry about tripping and falling. I worry about forgetting what I'm gonna say. I worry about having to go to the bathroom right in the middle of my message. I will say the very first advice I was ever given before preaching, Ron Lewis said, never wear khaki pants. <laughs> and I was reminded of that today when I realized that I'm wearing khaki pants. He had a nervous stomach too, and so he, he, could, he, he was sort of trying to impart that wisdom upon me. Maybe you're an anxious person. Maybe, maybe there are a lot of things that, that you're worried about. There's a good bet that the days leading up to, to today, your mind has been occupied with all kinds of stuff. The, the, the coronavirus, not the, the least of which is one of those things that, that you may be concerned about. You may be concerned about your job. You may be concerned about childcare, what you're gonna do if you've got young kids. What, what, you may be concerned that they're gonna eat all, all the food that you do have over the next weeks because they're gonna be at home. You may be concerned about your loved ones. You may be concerned about other people around you that are, are vulnerable to this disease that is, is going around. You may be worried about getting sick yourself, or most importantly of all, you may be worried about toilet paper at this point. <laughs> but this verse says, even if we feel justified in our anxiety, even if we feel like we have a good reason to be concerned, to be worried, to be fearful, 
This verse tells us to be anxious for nothing. For nothing. And so, if fear is a virus, and boy, doesn't it seem like it's spreading around right now? If fear is a virus, then this scripture, I believe, offers us a cure. It doesn't always, scripture isn't always this plain, but I believe that this really has an answer to the fear and the worry that is on people's hearts these days. It tells us that in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, to appeal to God, to plead to God, to let our requests be known to God. Paul says it this way, when we're faced with worry, the correct response is to worship. That's the answer here. Many people right now, make no mistake, are worshiping. Whether they are Christ followers or not, whether they're part of a church service today or not, many people are worshiping and they're sitting before these televisions and they're hearing these people suppose and imagine all kinds of apocalyptic scenarios. They're fixated on all the what ifs. They're thinking about what could be. And all the while, the idol of fear begins to fester in our hearts when we do that. And so when we're being confronted with nonstop news and rumors of war and terror and these things that seem to be knocking out our door, we should gather. We should gather together. And as the Book of Common Prayer says, set forth God's praise. Hear his holy word and ask for ourselves and others those things that are necessary for our life and salvation. Now, does that mean we'll always gather like this in a building like this in the coming days? Who knows? At this point, we're playing it day by day. We may be encouraging you to gather in smaller groups, in your life groups. We may be encouraging you to, to worship in your family unit. But the important thing is that we are not isolated by ourselves as individuals. We gather together and our response to worry is to worship. We shift our focus from worry to worship, from fear to faith. Instead of being fixated on whatever is on the television screen or the device in front of us, as Hebrews says, says we become fixated on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so I know in my life, a lot of the anxiety that I feel in, in my daily routine is a result of not being thankful. I can be stressed about my 401k or I can be thankful that God met my needs today. I can be anxious that I'm not in control, that, that this thing is outside of, of my hands and my control or I can be thankful that God is in control. <laughs> I can be anxious that I'm not prepared or I can be confident that God has given me a community of believers that shares burdens with one another. So when you're thankful, it makes all the difference. 
When you give thanks for, for what God has given you, it's hard to be anxious when you're thankful. Your focus shifts from what you don't have to what you do have. And what do we have? That's what I want to remind you of today. What do we have? Hope is our ultimate confidence, rooted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, that the creator of this world is also the redeemer and sustainer of this world, and that one day he will return to renew the entire creation. That is our hope. As I referenced earlier, the, the written prayers sometimes give voice to things that we're not, we don't really know how to say. And I came across another, another confession that was written in the 1500s, the Heidelberg Catechism. I know some of you are already snoring as I say those words. The Heidelberg Catechism was a, a confession written in a question and answer format to teach people Christian doctrine. And, and again, I believe this reminds us of the firm foundation upon which we stand. So some of you may not be familiar with the Heidelberg Catechism, that's okay. I would encourage you to read it because it does teach us so much. But I wanna focus on this one portion that I came across this week and I want you to read it with me. I'm gonna ask you the question and I want you to respond with me and I want you to hear yourself say it. I want you to hear the people around you say it and I want you to be encouraged with this. The question is this, what is your only hope in life and death? And a Christ follower's response is this, that I am not my own but belong with body and soul both in life and in death to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and set me free from the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. We don't have to live our lives full of anxiety. Instead, we are to be anxious for nothing. Are there unknowns? Yes. Are there uncertainties? Yes. And should we be prepared? Of course, yes. But being prepared for trouble is different from worrying about trouble. As Christ followers, we should be preparing, not panicking. Jesus is the model for this. This is not a, being prepared is not a, not going against what he says in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount about worrying. We follow his model when he warned his disciples over and over that their worst case scenarios would come true in their lives. And he says in Mark chapter eight, verse 31, he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. He was preparing them 
And on the night before he faced the ultimate tragedy, none of his disciples really knew or had any idea what was coming for them. And so even as he spoke words of comfort on that night, Jesus made clear to his disciples that there would be suffering. He said in John 16, in the world you will have tribulation. You will have trouble, you will have hardship, you will suffer, comma, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so when we believe the words of of Jesus here, when we really sort of cling on to them and and grip them, we can be set free from worry. And so the first countercultural response to COVID-19, to the coronavirus, the first response for us that I do believe is countercultural is to worship. The second countercultural response is this. Love one another. Love one another. Most of us pocketing hand sanitizers and cleaning shelves of bread aren't going to suffer, aren't going to to need medical care from the coronavirus. But in our panicked responses, we risk neglecting those who do. And this panic buying, it depletes the the resources and distracts focus from those who really do need help and do need support, those who are a real concern those who are the most vulnerable. And unless we think carefully about this threat and respond out of love, not out of fear, we won't be living out the command that Jesus gives to us here in John, to love one another. Prepare? Yes. Should we maintain social distancing? Yes. But not out of self-preservation, out of protection for those who are the most vulnerable. And so prepare, yes, but Christ calls us in his word to think of others first, and that means even outside your immediate circle. The question we should be asking ourselves isn't which supplies do we need to stockpile in preparation for an apocalypse, but rather how to support those at real risk. How do we support those at real risk for losing their lives to this disease? Our hope rests not on fully stockpiled shelves and ample portions of hand sanitizer. Our hope rests on the blood of Jesus who gave his life so that one day all disease all pestilence, all injustice, and all sin would be forever vanquished from this earth. And so as the headlines scroll across your screen in the coming days, and anxiety sort of begins to mount in your chest, I could feel it like a weight on me this week as I just kept sort of absorbing the news. Let his love for us rather than fear for ourselves, spur us into action. 
And I don't know what that action looks like. Jesus calls us to action. And so all I can encourage you to do is this. I know that we'll be doing it as as a church leadership, but individually we should be watching for opportunities to care and support the vulnerable during this time. And lastly, I just wanna have you consider something. What will it be when this, is, when this plague is gone and when this, this virus is, is no longer a threat to us, what will it be that people who are watching, what will it be that they remember of us during this time? What will it be? Will it be that we, we panicked and that we clung on to every resource that we could, that we stockpiled it, that we cared for our own, or will it be that we worshiped in the midst of it, that we never ceased to worship, we never ceased to give thanks, and yes, we prepared, but we prepared so that we could help others, so that we could care for one another during this time, so that we could protect the vulnerable, so that we could move into redemptive action into this world and push against what everybody else is encouraging us to do, which is wall everything off and stay inside and simply protect yourself. Now, what I'm not saying is that we shouldn't take the necessary precautions to stay healthy, but not just to serve ourselves, really to care and to love one another. Will they remember that being prepared and free from panic, the households of Christians were able to serve the needy. Will they remember that having ensured our safety in the ways that we could, we still gathered in groups big like this and in small. And we showed them that worship was the most central and the most powerful and essential task at the heart of our lives. And I believe what scripture tells us in Philippians 4 is that if we do these things, this is so cool, we throw out this term in sort of church world, you know, Christianese, uh, God will give you the peace that passes all understanding. God will give you, don't worry, God will give you the peace that passes understanding. The peace that passes understanding happens when we are not anxious but we turn to God in worship and give him thanks in prayer and petition. Then it says, then the peace that passes all understanding, and this is the coolest part to me, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus stands guard, a century, a soldier standing guard over our hearts and minds. And because God is sovereign and in control, we can trust We can entrust these difficulties to them because our body and soul, both in life and in death, belong to Jesus Christ. He rules over creation and he rules over this current situation that we find ourselves in. We're gonna celebrate this truth through communion and as was said earlier, our communion service, I'm gonna ask them to come forward. There's gonna be one posted at at each of their typical stations and to sort of limit, you know, how many hands are touching these things, you're gonna come forward and they're gonna give you this sort of like little fast food version of communion. <laughs> and it seems kind of weird, honestly. 
I've never, I've, I personally have never been a huge fan of it, but, but it is, it, it doesn't matter how we take communion. What matters is that we take communion together. Amen? And so we appreciate you being flexible with this. And we want to ensure your health and safety. We're going to celebrate communion in a little bit of a different way. Um, and so uh, they're going to go ahead and, and get in their spots right now. And you're going to come forward like you usually do and take one and return your seats and take it at your own uh, as you are led. Our prayer partners are also going to be available here to take prayers. If you would rather write down one of your prayer requests on the connection cards, you can do that. You can send us a prayer request um, digitally at prayer at sciferchristian.org, right? Um, you can submit prayer requests by, by calling the front office or texting us. We do not want to neglect prayer for the sake of social distancing. So there are a lot of different ways that you can do that. We, we want to encourage you here this morning to shift your focus from worry to worship. Let's celebrate the Lord's Supper here. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for an opportunity to gather together. And we know, uh, Lord, uh, especially in these days that this is uh, such, a, such a gift and we may not have the ability to do this as a, a large group down the road, but Father, we pray uh, that however we worship, that you are made the central focus of our lives. That we do not live out of fear, but we live out of love. And that those around us see that we're, we're not so consumed and we're not clinging to this life because, Lord, we know that we are not our own. You purchased us at a price, Father. And thank you, Jesus, that you did. Because our body and soul and life and death are yours. Thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. Thank you for standing guard over our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And when the news reports come in and we hear rumors and we see it in the paper, we see it on social media, Lord, I pray that our first response would not be to wring our hands, but to, to fold our hands in prayer. And to say, Lord Jesus, it's yours. Guide me, direct me. Help me, Lord, so that I may help others. So that I may answer the call that Jesus has charged me with. Not to cling so much to this life, but to live this life for you and to love others. Lord, we pray for our city pray that you would rid us of this virus. Lord, we pray, Father, that, that most importantly, you would be with those who are suffering from it, and you'd be with the medical professionals who are caring for them, that you'd be with our city officials as they make decisions to, to keep us safe. Lord, for our state officials, for our government, our federal government, Lord, we pray that you would give them wisdom and discernment, that you would give them the mind of Christ. Father, we pray that, that if anything out of this, that the church, though it might be split up and, and, and divided by brick and mortar, that 
the church would flourish in the midst of this, that people would see us as countercultural. They would see that there's something different about those people. Their hope is steadfast in the name of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, in the hope of the resurrection. Lord, give us the strength, give us the wisdom to do these things. We thank you and we praise you in the name of our Savior. Amen. We're going to continue to worship here. And again, just continue in this posture of praying to the Lord, appealing to him, pleading to him, giving him thanks. We encourage you to join in with us as we turn our eyes from worry to the eyes of Jesus. It's a scripture that's been on my mind that I think is appropriate in response to what we're facing these days. It comes out of Romans chapter 8, one of the most incredible passages in scripture. And it says this, what then shall we say to these things? Paul asks, just speaking about how we've been justified by God and that one day we'll stand in his presence glorified. He says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. And who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace.